Welcome to Just Jive Pod, a podcast where we share a drink, talk about life, and just jive. My name is Jerome. And I'm Jesse, and welcome back for another session. Um, I think this month is pretty much guest month because we actually have, as you can see in the title, another uh, guest with us. That's right. So, Vince, welcome back. Um, this is your, is this the third time now? Yeah, this is the third wow, time. Dude. Great dude, to be back. That's awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, man. Um, so why don't you guys share? Because I think you guys are sharing a drink together, right? Um, so what are you guys? What are you guys drinking over there? Yeah, um, you know, this is the first. Maybe no, technically, Eugene was the first time where we did a, a, a actual person with me recording with you, Jesse, remote. But mm-hmm. Vince is actually here with me in person, um, and we're drinking a um, True Penny Pilsner from Allagash Brewery, which is down well up and east in Maine. Um, it is 5.5 ABV, and it's, um, I think it's pretty refreshing. Um, yeah, how do you like it, Vince? No, it's really good. Um, it's really crisp, uh, pretty light beer. Yeah. Pretty, mm. Really good for a Pilsner. Yeah, I honestly haven't had that one yet. Um, I've only had Allagash's, like, flagship um, White Ale. Um, yes. Just because, so like, so many places carry that. Um, but yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Uh, even though it's not a hot afternoon, like it's <laughs> a Pilsner is always nice. Honestly, it's yeah. always nice. How about you? Dude? Yeah, for me, um, I am drinking, um, uh, another seltzer. Um, this one's actually recommended by our friend and previous guest, Lisa. Um, so shout nice. out to her real quick. It's the, um, high noon, um, but specifically the peach flavor. So mm. actually, um, Lisa had told me about this, like, I want to say like a month ago um, when I started drinking more seltzers and she was like, Hey, if you see this on the shelf, like, you know, try and get it. Um, and I tried looking and they only had the lime um, on the shelf for a while. And I went back re- to the store recently and found it. And Oh man, this one is, is definitely like taking the cake for sure. Oh man. Um, it's 4.5% ABV. Um, and the peach is like definitely pretty evident in, in this um, seltzer. It, it probably, I think it might be my favorite seltzer so far. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's a yeah. bold and I know claim. <laughs> I, I know. And, well, because I was like, I, I know I've made some big claims about, like, really loving, you know, Truly Lemonades. And right. honestly, I really, really do enjoy those. But I think this might take the take the crown from them, you know? Like, it's it's just such good quality. The flavor is, like, really on point. Um, it doesn't taste artificial at all. Mm. Um and yeah, it's also like again because it's like typically a cold drink. Mm-hmm. It's super refreshing too. So yeah, maybe we need to have like an episode dedicated just to like try different seltzers and rate them. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, that actually kind of sounds fun. Yeah, and maybe Vince can join us. I know picking some seltzers from different um, different big names and even smaller names. That'd be yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. You chase it down with Lacroix after. <laughs> exactly yeah so like we said vince is back he's i was joking with him the other day like you guys you're basically our resident like the just jive nba guest basically Mm -hmm. check-in um he he mentioned he's uh, just jive zach Lowe, which is one of the biggest (laughs) like uh, nba writers out there um but he's our equivalent right yeah i wish (laughs) uh so last time you were here um we talked about like pre-bubble, um, in a way, not really sure if it was going to go that well. Like there's so many uncertainties and then, uh, you know, we're at the end of it 
Um, so we've caught up since COVID started, but it's been a couple months. So Vince just wanted to see, you know, how have the past few months been? Uh, how's life? How's COVID living? Um, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's COVID and we're pretty much at home all the time. So mm-hmm. uh, really not much has changed. Um, and I suspect that's the case for a lot of people. Um, but really just, you know, um, trying to find a balance uh, between being safe and also uh, maybe starting to enjoy a little mm-hmm. bit of normalcy in life now that uh, especially here in California, COVID um, is not as bad right now. So, um, yeah, but other than that, not too much going on. Uh, me and my wife are, we're expecting a kid um, in yes. November. So that's a big change coming along. Um, but, I mean, other than that, not too much. So the next time we'll try to get you, I don't think we'll even be able to get you because uh, you can have a little kid running around, right? Dude. <laughs> I mean, did you, there, there will Vince, always be time for this podcast. <laughs> so honored. Vince, did you realize this last season was the last season you had without a kid? I know, right? Because <laughs> well, from all these seasons on, like you're going to have a kid to to dress up for, to, to support oh. your, your sports, you know? I Dang. know. My, my biggest fear is if, uh, she, well, we're expecting a daughter, but if she grows up to be like a Lakers fan or something, my heart will be crushed. <laughs> I mean, she's going to grow up in SoCal, so it's very I know. I know. Yeah. You, I you know. Better, better prepare for that potential reality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to learn to love her nonetheless. <laughs> love your enemies. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. But honestly, though, like looking back um, – you know, how we how we talked about going into the bubble and seeing some things unfold versus now. It it really is kind of quite a crazy thing of just how well it went really. Um so I know I, I know Jess Jesse, um you, you don't watch basketball as much, but um mm-hmm. did you get a chance to tune in at all um during the bubble? You know, unfortunately not. Um, mm. I don't have a like. I don't have TV at home, and I'm not really subscribed to like any any channels that allow me to like watch gotcha. in a consistent way. So I'd, I usually, even if like previously when I did watch sports, it was usually because it was on wherever I was at, like mm. at a brewery or a restaurant mm. or something. You know, like it was on the screen. Um, so it's like okay, let me like tune into the game, but. Um, Usually not at home. Um, yeah, if I'm home, I'm usually just on the computer and uh, either playing games or watching Twitch. So not usually sports. Right. It makes yeah, sense. So unfortunately, I I didn't tune in and watch it, but I did hear plenty of news leading up to like the the finals and also like right. uh, you know um, the the results of it. So it was definitely like I definitely felt like included in in that journey. But yeah, I I wasn't watching it super super closely. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think on the other hand, Vince and I were watching it almost religiously mm-hmm. at times. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, by the finals, uh, we, we, a few of us were like hanging out, eating pizza, drinking beers, and just nice. kind of going crazy. Um, yeah. But you and know, shout out, shout out to uh, our friend who pays for the YouTube TV. I think that was huge in oh, allowing absolutely. us to watch games. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But um, so Jesse, hopefully, you know, as you hear about some of these storylines and stuff, like mm-hmm. 
you'll be, I think, mostly like surprised by some of them, but um, probably just just probably. because of how abnormal things were. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, um, I mean I'm. I, I definitely heard like rumblings of like how honestly crazy this uh, uh, everything turned out with the bubble and like yeah. and the games and and stuff. But yeah, I mean. It's it was honestly kind of cool, um, like hearing not just you and, and Vince, but also like my coworkers kind of be excited about that again. You know, like mm-hmm. um, it was it was honestly pretty cool to like see a little bit of life breed like back in people's like you know days and just like people had more stuff to like just celebrate and talk about. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I mean, maybe just a quick recap, you know, of just yeah how the bubble went maybe even compared to what we were maybe anticipating um Mm -hmm. going into it um like safety was a huge factor i think we we were Mm -hmm. talking about like man like is it morally right to just have them take tests like twice once or twice a day and then Mm -hmm. like while the nation is like crumbling Mm -hmm. (laughs) like but then you know Mm -hmm. thankfully things got a little better but um you know i guess um for you jesse like in terms of uh, hearing about the bubble and also Vince just kind of even like seeing people's videos, their Instagram mm-hmm. and tweets, like overall, how did you guys feel like that the perception of how safe the bubble actually was? Yeah, I think um, for me, from what everything I heard and um, was made aware of, like I was like pretty encouraged um, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it was done um, in a very like careful and thought out way. Obviously, like that that same idea of like oh how regularly they were being tested um, was like you know obviously still a hot like a hot topic considering like testing as a whole in the nation. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like for for them to um, put that careful attention into the sports and into their players and the teams and and just that whole environment, I right. I, I felt like was pretty cool. Um, that that was like honestly pretty positive in that way um mm-hmm. i think like it, that was definitely in contrast to a lot of like things outside of um, the nba bubble like in life where people were not taking those same safe measures you know right. mm-hmm. so i think it, it just made that um that um that like di- you know dynamic a lot more noticeable um mm-hmm. and I, I definitely like I think I, I definitely appreciate it. So I, I'm glad that they took um, a lot of care and, and, and like detail in that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I echo a lot of what you had to say, Jesse. I think um, the NBA really needs to be applauded um, mm-hmm. for all the uh, precautionary measures that they took um, to make sure that everyone was safe uh, in the bubble. Um, and like, you know, I was watching a lot of the vlogs, player vlogs, right, uh, JaVale right. McGee had a really good one. And so I followed just their life in there. And I mean, they wore wristbands everywhere. Mm. They were like confined to different zones. Um, I think even with like a lot of the staff, um, I was watching one talking about like some of the chefs that cook for the players and like, they weren't even allowed to be in the area where the players were. They cooked right. like offsite. Mm. Then they sent their food to a runner who brought, gave it to like another runner who was like inside the bubble to give the food to the people. <laughs> right. And so um, they really just went above and beyond. And the fact that like, yeah, I don't recall if there were any breakouts or any yeah, scares. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. not as, I don't remember like, yeah, I don't think there were any like outbreaks of any like 
you know, multiple people getting. I, I had heard there there were like isolated cases, but from even those like th- those were like followed up with like super carefully and quickly. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it seems like things are actually like well under control, you know? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the NFL has like outbreaks, exactly. you know, yeah. every week. <laughs> yeah, and it, I think it's just such a good way to put it that like we should applaud them because they went like all in on it, you mm-hmm. know. Like while mm-hmm. other leagues are just like, well, I mean, let's just kind of be in the middle. But then mm. we're seeing the repercussions of just kind of being super loose about it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think any, yeah, I don't think anyone caught it while being there. Right? Yeah, definitely so, not any players. I don't yeah, believe. and there were a lot of players and a lot of staff, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. you know, I think Jesse, you you use the language of encouraging. Um, I think not just for like sports, but kind of in a almost grand scheme of things like this can be done mm-hmm. well if mm-hmm. if people take the necessary precautions, you know, mm. um, you know, yeah. in the greater man, I guess. Yeah. Right? I think like um, just to just to wrap that up, like I think like the reason I say it encouraging is because it does set a good precedent for other similar kinds of like things. So, you know, ideally it would the same model can be applied elsewhere, you know, granted like that, you know, obviously like other seasons are running concurrently, but, Mm -hmm. um, in the future, I would hope that, you know, as, as long as we're dealing with this, that they at least have a successful model to base it off of, you know, like, Hey, this is safe. This worked. Um, why don't we like tweak it to our league and make it like work for us too. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a great point. Um, now maybe talking about like, aside from the health and safety aspects of the bubble i mean i think something people were very afraid of was that these games would be really weird mm-hmm. like what the heck like there's no one there and um it's just like in this empty gym but you know it actually went pretty well um and i think <laughs> especially when we got into the playoffs like the intensity was there right mm-hmm. um vince i'm curious how do you like compare uh, you know it's hard to compare it to like a normal season yeah. but mm-hmm. in your eyes like how did you feel like the quality of the games themselves were i i really enjoyed the games i think uh i mean in terms of like level of competition um i i honestly couldn't see any difference i think mm. um the games were really close uh we got a lot of really good playoff series um and so I mean, really can't complain about the product that w- that the NBA gave us. And yeah. like, I feel like they even adapted more. Like as as it went on in the beginning, the whole thing with the screens um, was like they showed some fans, and like mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. But after a while, they started having these like cool graphics. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember like whenever like Tyler Hero would score, they had this like Tyler Hero with a cape thing that would like flash on the mm-hmm. screen, or like <laughs> when uh, Bam out of Isle scored, there was like a big Bam thing that showed up, yeah. um, and I, th- I thought that was like those are nice touches um, that mm-hmm. you know can, I I don't think that anything can replace a stadium full of screaming fans, mm-hmm. but they given the resources they had, I think uh, the NBA did a good job. Yeah, and I think. You know, they they definitely did a lot of things to kind of make it a little, at least novel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows if those things will carry on well in like a second bubble season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there were some mm-hmm. things. I think, was it the Raptors that started the whole, uh, to intro- they, they had like their family members introduce the players like oh. on video. Did they really? Yeah, oh, dude, wow. it was so cute. Like kids just saying like, 
you know, a number three, like from the Raptors, like, you know, yeah. Ananobi or whatever, like, <laughs> and it's just obviously because they're separated from the families at that yeah, time. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, they did things that, you know, weren't conventional, but, you mm-hmm. know, were very endearing at least. Um, mm. But I do agree though. Um, you know, the thing about fans is that it, it it's like a, you, you as someone sitting at home watching, you're replicating how the fans feel, like the energy that comes mm-hmm. from it. Um, mm-hmm. And there were so many like buzzer beaters, so many mm-hmm. like, I think we even mentioned like last time how like LeBron and like, that's, you know, locked down the Clippers players. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, time to go eat. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, after a buzzer beater, you expect like the crowds to flood in. But ah, then it was like, mm-hmm. All right, yeah, time for uh, That's it. you know waffles at lunch or yeah, something. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think the weirdest one—I I don't know if you remember—but like, I think it was like between the Nuggets and the Jazz, where Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell were like fifty points dueling, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, uh, Jamal Murray was on like Instagram Live and just showed Donovan Mitchell sitting by himself at a table, looking all sad and just eating. And he's like, man, even after beating his, like, whatever, like, I still got to see him here. Like, oh, wow. it's like, dude, this is such a weird <laughs> thing where these yeah. guys are li- literally living on a college campus by themselves. Yeah. And yeah. they're yeah. just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree, though. Um, fans would have made it better, but quality of games still on point. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Everything I heard about the quality, I, I heard that even some games were arguably even better because i think something that we had talked about pre-bubble was that based on how it was set up like there would be just generally a lot less distractions right mm-hmm. um like yeah. the arena itself is like you said like it's it's very just basic and functional and mm, right. yeah they did a couple of nice touches here and there but really um you know something that we were talking about is that this these might be some of the best games we see um in the league because um it really is just boiled down to the sport itself right. and not mm-hmm. and not baked in as much with i guess quote unquote entertainment you know cuz yeah. not like thinking about it um in now that it's done and in comparison like you know going to a, a like a sporting event is an event you know like mm-hmm. and at the end of the day like it's sports entertainment right so it's not just playing right. the sport but it's also like helping entertain the fans and kind of and granted I feel like that's not as big of a factor for the players, maybe, but I think like there is some, there is a different element of that um, that it was not like a, a major point of distraction in, in this particular season, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I heard that there were games that went all the way to like 150 points or something like that, and I'm like, those those just wouldn't happen in the regular like if, if things were normal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only times that would happen is the All Star game, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's it's interesting, like, seeing... Because, you know, the bubble itself, like, we've heard a few reports of just the toll, the mental stress, the mental health toll of, like, not being around family. And that affecting a lot of players and teams who kind of didn't... They didn't work well as a team. So mm-hmm. once they got in and their team was all they had, they just fell apart. Mm. Um, mm. And it's like... Yeah, you're right, Jesse. Like, in a weird way, it's like it boils it down to more than just, you know, your home te- your home crowd and your kind of all the things that go along with the entertainment factor. But it's just your life is 100% 24-7 basketball. Mm-hmm. How are mm-hmm. you going to fare with that? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, like, some players, I feel like, adapted to that really well. Like, um, I feel like I keep using heat analogies. But uh, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, I remember him saying that, you know, like, he never, even when he they could invite, like, families into the bubble, he never did because he was like, this is a business trip and, mm. like, we're here to win. Um, and so, mm. like... There's that whole like, oh, what's the mental toll of being away from your families right. and your friends? But also on the flip side, like for a lot of players, there's just like no more distractions. You know, there's no mm-hmm. opportunity to go clubbing till 3 a.m. <laughs> uh, the night before before your yeah. game. And so no one's playing hungover. And I feel like everyone's just there to, you know, play basketball. Right. Um, and maybe that did contribute to uh, the quality of the games. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I think you mentioned the the vlogs that we saw from JaVale, and I think Tybal had one too, right? Like, oh yeah, you did. I think it's just interesting. Like literally, it it just feels like this empty resort, but you can't really like it. It felt odd. Like it felt like a ghost <laughs> town at times, mm. but then um, it it was like the perfect environment for you to focus on your. Tr- craft almost like a retreat almost, yeah yeah right? yeah mm. so, yeah so i thought that a was very really very long retreat yes mm. it's very almost long. like it's almost like basketball summer camp it really was it yeah it really did seem like that. yeah that's a good way to put it um but i think probably the biggest um factor of the bubble really was um you know the, the social justice related stuff um mm. Obviously, before the bubble even started, the the Black Lives Matter like movement and the police brutality stuff and just the protesting that was going on, um, it carried itself into the bubble and uh, you know made a huge like imprint on just the players and and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there was Jesse. I don't know if you saw, but like um, on the court, every single court had Black Lives Matter on it. Um, mm-hmm. Just about every uh, player's jersey that where the name is supposed mm-hmm. to be, it's uh, you know a, a kind of a, a saying related to mm-hmm. social justice, social and racial justice. Um, mm-hmm. And you know maybe we'll talk about this a, li- a little later when we talk about like uh, certain storylines that were really important. But right. you know the fact that they ended up boycotting a couple games mm-hmm. like because of I think it was a James Blake um, incident, mm-hmm. right? And I think. You know, like it was really hard to not. It was really hard to separate the social justice aspect from the game, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, I wanted to kind of even just park on this for a second and just kind of hear what you guys think about, you know, just how big of a factor that played, and you know, if maybe in a way, like how how big of an effect was it? Um, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. No. Um... I thought it was awesome, you know, how the players um, were willing to really just stand up for something that wasn't just basketball, mm-hmm. you know, something that was very mm-hmm. near and dear to their hearts. Um, and I think I think something like 80% of NBA rostered players are black men, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. for them to be given this pretty much national platform, I mean, everyone's sitting at home, what else are they doing besides, like, you know, watching sports and... Um, to be given this platform to really speak out about um, what is very near and dear to their hearts and um, injustices Mm -hmm. that they see in the world. I think um, I'm glad that they, you know, 
didn't just shut up and dribble yeah. um, and talked yeah. about uh, what they really did care about. And so, yeah, I mean, at the time when, when they first boycotted those couple games, um, I think for for the next two days, right? They didn't play any yeah. games. And um, mm-hmm. part of me was like, oh, shoot, is this, this, <laughs> is this the end of the bubble experiment, you know? Um, and who would have thunk that, like, it wouldn't be COVID that shut down the bubble, but right. um, something like this. And, I mean, right. I guess fortunately it didn't, but um, it's just the most 2020 thing ever, right, if the bubble even got shut down. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I want to, like, just echo that too. Like, it's encouraging that, um, yeah, the players are like have that voice, you know. And granted, you know, there are, even pre-COVID, like players who are like very well known or had a huge following um, mm-hmm. already had those platforms. But I think um, I think this setting actually created more platform for um, other players who may not have been as well known or had as large of a following right. to, to to still be able to have that voice and have that like especially in light of social justice like um and being able to and and willing to stand up um and for what you know again what what they believe is to be just um and for that to be supported like pretty well you know um by like their their teammates like the 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 nba as a whole you know like it it I didn't really hear of any like backlash that really came from like, you know, the boycotts or anything like that. It's like, Oh, actually makes like a lot of people that I I talked to, I'm like, Oh yeah, it makes, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. like it's, and it was like, okay, that's respectable and fine. You know? Um, Whereas I think in, in a different time, like it would, there, there'd be a lot more like, um, I don't know, extraneous things that may, may, may cause like that to not be portrayed well you know but i think in this case it's like no these are players just standing for standing up for what they believe in giving it a voice and a name and and you know making that known so yeah uh, yeah, i don't know i I, again i found i found that pretty awesome um just that more and more people were okay and and honestly like more bold about like like standing for their platforms you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I think I heard something really kind of profound. Um, I heard on a podcast, a basketball podcast, where you know, like like you mentioned, Jesse, like you know, hopefully the backlash is minimal, but we know that there are like people in, in the country that you know are not on the same side. And something that was really cool that I heard was like you know this this um, specifically I don't know Vince if you listen to uh like kevin o'connor and chris vernon from the the ringer every um, once in a while but yeah I listen to that one but yeah it was specifically chris vernon he, he has a son right and he's like um like just kind of putting himself in the 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 whole uh you know as a son to be able to i'm sorry having a son like see that court saying black lives matters and then playing 2k probably and seeing black lives matter mm. and then mm-hmm. in a way like looking into it's like well okay it's like i love lebron i love like you know all these teams but they're clearly have these messages that i don't know what they're about but the fact that it'll spur them to dig further into like social Mm -hmm. justice it's beautiful um but then it's Mm -hmm. like on the flip side of that you know um you know maybe someone in a less accepting family 
the kid, you know, is watching NBA on the TV and then the parents are like, you know, that says Black Lives Matter, like, they get angry, you know, mm. and mm. tell them to turn it off. Mm. But then what, what that's hopefully going to trigger something in the kid that's like, well, let mm-hmm. me find out why they don't like it. And mm-hmm. it's like, wait a minute. Like, hopefully, they're, they'll say, like, mm-hmm. you know, my parents might not be completely in the right here. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there's, it, it's just the fact that there's awareness being spread on the screen. And it's permeating into every living room, which mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. like, I think both of you guys already said, it's like, wh- when do we have that, op- when is that opportunity there yeah. that that can happen? Um which is really quite amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oftentimes, like, even when you when you watch like stuff from home, like mm-hmm. pre-COVID and pre, like this, honestly, this year's like major social justice like movements, mm-hmm. like most of the time, like, like even if you do see occasional things like on the court or whatever, like they're very short-lived, and then instead it gets like all this extra time gets filled with like commercials and all this other stuff mm. whereas like like again not just this like it, this bubble not just causing the sport and um, itself to be focused but like these messages are very clear you know like there's not much else distracting from that right right yep well put guys um and i guess kind of on that note uh transitioning into just maybe uh some reflections of some of the more whether it's fun or profound (laughs) whatever it might be types (laughs) of storylines or moments from the bubble Uh, maybe just starting it off like probably the most shocking one was when the bucks um Giannis, well Giannis, george hill and the bucks decided to do the whole sitting out of the game Mm. um kind of messed up but they didn't tell their opponent the magic that they're gonna sit it out Mm. so the magic were still out there uh, warming up and they're like why is nobody here <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they found out that like they're you know sitting out but regardless you know they, they ended up coming out with a um, uh, a statement you know they're in front of the cameras and the whole Bucks team read a statement regarding the James Blake um, situation mm-hmm. and really just kind of um, you know put everybody in, in a shocking position where mm. Um, honestly, not a lot of people knew it was going to happen. Even people within the bubble um, didn't know it was going to happen. But then after that shutdown happened, uh, the next few uh, matchups ended up being canceled. And then that, I think it was that night or the day, the two nights after where all the players got together and basically had like a town hall to talk about like what they're going to do. I even heard that a couple of the key players uh, met with Barack Obama to kind of say like, man, you know, you as a you know huge figure um, in politics, what is the right thing to do um, in this situation mm. with all this unrest? Like, what do we do in your eyes that will cause the most like benefit for mm. this cause? Right. So, um, I mean, like, how did you guys feel about that? Like, when when you guys heard, if you guys heard about the sh- the boycotting the games, like. Um, you know, just kind of that perception initially, like, what was that for you? Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, if they really were to completely boycott the season, that probably would have been the strongest statement. You know, it would hit a lot of people that, like, 
don't didn't really care or look into um all the social justice stuff going on right now um and who you know might be pretty removed from it and not bothered like the nba being canceled over it yeah. uh, that that should be a wake-up call uh for even the mm-hmm. most um casual of you know uh fans or whatnot so um yeah and i think one thing was i thought about it was just like how almost like paradoxical that like the nba is they have this huge platform and so many players uh you know this issue is like very near and dear to their hearts Mm -hmm. and the nba is fully supportive of them but by boycotting games the NBA and these players' livelihoods are put at risk because, mm-hmm. like, all that revenue mm-hmm. goes away. Um, and, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it just sucks that, like, by making this stand, they are actually just kind of hurting and shooting themselves in a the foot, you right. know? Rather, like, other organizations that don't care nearly as much and arguably should care much more, you know? They don't feel any of the reper- repercussions of this. And so right. um, that was, like, an interesting little dilemma that i kind of thought of as all this was going on yeah yeah i think um like you know since we've been talking about like the players and and having that like platform to speak and to have a voice to say what they like you know what they believe matters like it it is that balance of like you know is the is that the best method of communicating that Mm -hmm. maybe um maybe it requires that level of like um of like like they have to go to the boycott you know or they have to boycott to like make sure that message is heard um at the same time like um like vince like you were saying like it's a balance between livelihood too right like it's a balance between um like people's like careers and Mm -hmm. like also like um you know like revenue that's being generated for like other workers that are not just the players like for right. the teams and for the the people that are working the stadium you know all that stuff um that is potentially lost because of that too so and and i think but i don't know i think it's a uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how things will continue to progress through like the future because i don't think anyone can doubt now that like um that people in or the players in their um, in their respective spaces clearly have a voice, um, and they are like encouraged now to like use that voice. Um, and I'm like, maybe maybe it doesn't re- need to get to the point of boycott in the future, where they can continue to like play and and whatever. Um, but also in, um, in the you know when, when they're not playing, they can still use their platform to speak on those like important social justice things, you know? Um, whereas I feel like, I think, I think the boycotting makes sense in, in the current climate because mm. like, I think like most things social justice requires or like this year have required some more shocking and more like crazy things, um, to be done to, to make sure that, like that message is heard right but again i think as our as we kind of adapt to that maybe it won't require such extremes in the future yeah yeah i think we'll see how things go really mm-hmm. um but you know it was really cool to see the players band together um and you know each with their individual ways of communicating um i think you know i 
kind of just to close that loop of like, man, in in so many different ways, the message was made clear. Um, and, you know, that's really all we can hope for. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jesse, I'm, I'm curious for you, like, uh, you know, not really watching as much and but mostly from hearing about it. Were there any like storylines or moments or just funny things about the bubble that like um, stood out for you um, while the bubble was going on? Um, I mean, nothing that I can like distinctly point to, except like, especially a lot of my coworkers, who most of them are Laker fans. Um, there were a couple. There were a couple of Clipper fans that I, that, you know, have eventually got laughed at. <laughs> um, yes. But but like, yeah, I think most most of my coworkers and and friends being Laker fans, like, it was just a. a crossing the fingers um mm-hmm. through the entire like honestly through the entire run um just like hey maybe this is the year maybe not i'm not sure like just a lot back and forth on that but i did yeah i did have a couple coworkers who are clever fans and i'm just like i'm so sorry but yeah too bad <laughs> yeah so- sorry not sorry right? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. the exactly. curse continues like, mm-hmm. yeah yeah what about you vince were there any uh what were your favorite like storylines or, or things that went on throughout the bubble um there's so many so um, many. i spent a lot of time trying to like sort through things yeah. um, but <laughs> i mean like there were a lot of underdogs that i feel like mm. outperformed expectations um i mean the obvious one is a heat uh, mm-hmm. no one expected mm. them to make it to the finals let alone you know they put up a respectable fight um mm-hmm. in the finals uh, so definitely the heat, um, and like I feel like a lot of people definitely respect um, like Jimmy Butler a mm. lot after this whole run. Mm. I think before he was kind of um, kind of viewed as maybe more of like just a locker room cancer type of guy yeah. who uh, doesn't really contribute, can't lead a team. Uh, but to see him, you know, lead an underdog team to the finals, that was pretty cool to see. Um, on the flip side, on the West, it was like really cool to see. Um, the Nuggets mm. kind of come out of nowhere. Um, they had, I think it was like three series that went to Game Seven. Uh, yeah. Oh, two series, but um, I mean they like were battling their own injuries too. But for like Jamal Murray and Jokic to lead them, mm. and um, I think they came back from. Well, definitely came back three one over the Clippers, um, but and even same with the um, same the with the Jazz, jazz right? Too, yeah. Were they down three one? Yeah, like two three one comebacks in a row. Yeah, so I mean that's historical, and yeah, um, that that was like so that was so much fun to watch them, um, and so yeah, those were I mean those were the two standouts. Um, well, I guess one more like they only played one series, but uh, the Mavs and. Mm. Uh, Clippers and watching Doncic like kind of really cement himself into superstardom and he had that one overtime buzzer beater that was like ridiculous Um, but you know I think in a way like this playoffs showed a lot of this like new generation of players Mm -hmm. rising up Um, but at the end of the day you know LeBron and the old guard still stood strong the king still reigns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It it really was. I I think that Doncic uh, buzzer beater was the one that I was like, man, I wish this was in the crowd. Like mm. it would 
people would have erupted. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think um, yeah, like on the flip side, other than just people like you know underdogs performing, like the the, the Nuggets and even the Blazers through the playoffs uh, up to the playoffs, I think like they were able to play in the playing tournament um, against the Memphis Grizzlies. To, which is the first ever, right? I think they've never yeah. done that before. Yeah. Um, kind of throwing in a little fun thing to get the uh, viewership, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, Blazers mm-hmm. got in, got destroyed by the Lakers. Um, so I, I know, I think I predicted <laughs> Blazers and Raptors to come out of <laughs> for, for the finals. But, you know, clearly uh, uh, just kind of being a contrarian that was very wrong. <laughs> but um, that was really cool. But I think, we saw a lot of interesting like collapses too. Like mm-hmm. I think Jesse, you already mentioned the Clippers, but Giannis yeah. too. Um, the Bucks in, yeah. in the East. I think um, it was like a tot. Like uh, pretty much everybody was like, "Dude, no doubt." Like Bucks are the only ones that are going to come out of the East. Mm-hmm. But then they lost mm-hmm. to the Heat, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously Heat went to the finals. But mm-hmm. it was weird seeing like the team that won so many games during the season, mm-hmm. like just not know how to play basketball yeah like like it was even close mm, against the heat yeah it was really weird yeah. um mm. and i think it just shows a lot like you know possibly related to the bubble maybe but mm. in a way like Giannis and the whole bucks like they haven't really proved themselves yeah in the postseason not in the postseason um, and Jesse, I, I like that you brought up the Clippers because that is probably my favorite storyline because <laughs> um <laughs> They, they they just I think they there was a lot of hubris going on like mm-hmm. of um, kind of I think Paul George was kind of the center of a lot of that like oh we are a- acting as if they already won everything mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they 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 didn't have anything any of it together and I think uh, did we Vince, did we watch any of the games together I don't think so right the the with the with the Denver series. I don't think okay, so. Okay, I think yeah. we only watched the finals, yeah, but yeah. I think it was just so crazy watching them like also forget how to play basketball. Like yeah. like they mm. forgot to defend. Like Yeah. Um so it it was interesting um seeing in a way how the bubble affected people whether it was because of mental reasons as Paul George was alluding to versus Claimed. like like Vince you said like in a way the bubble allow them to focus more mm. right um but i mean yeah man lebron is what is it like 10 out of 11 uh years in a row making it to the finals it's ridiculous it's, it's ridiculous. i mean he's owned a whole decade yeah like literally yeah. um and this year was That's crazy insane mm. um but yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a crazy one um i think next year so we'll get to that, but on the uh, topic of LeBron, um, as we all know, Lakers are the champions, and um, I've got a hat as you know Vince is wearing his Warriors <laughs> championship hat to all of every time I had him over. I'm like, all right, the moment yeah, they win, okay. I'm gonna get a hat. Too. <laughs> so um, I mean, in general, like you know, I think we already went over it. Like the playoffs were just so good. Um, I, I don't think we really need to rehash it anymore, but um, mm-hmm. the co- level of competition was there, mm-hmm. and um, you know the, the 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 trophy is back in Los Angeles, 
not in Ooh. Clipper Town. But um, <laughs> but I think uh, I mean Vince, you I know you're uh, not necessarily a Heat fan, but a Lakers hater, um, which understandably you know from NorCal and everything. <laughs> but um, I mean, how yeah. did you like the the playoffs and then uh, maybe specifically like watching the finals? Like, how did you um, enjoy kind of the the Lakers play and all that stuff? No, I really enjoyed it and. Uh, I guess I'll start off just, you know, congratulations to the Lakers <laughs> and any Lakers fans out there. Um, it really was well-deserved. Um, and I think the Lakers were by far the best team in the playoffs. Mm. Um, it wasn't like a fluke or anything. Um, LeBron was incredible. Uh, AD is unfair. Um, and I think like a lot of... Yeah. A lot of the Lakers, like, role players, you know, really proved themselves, um, you know, the Alex Caruso's mm-hmm. and uh, even, like, KCP, you know. Um, yeah. They played really well, and so mm. it was well-deserved, and um, it's, what, 10 years since the last championship? 10 years, exactly, yeah. So, yeah. And, I mean, to win it for Kobe um, yeah. and Gigi this mm-hmm. year, I think, um, it's a very fitting end to the season, and uh, as much as it mm-hmm. pains me, I think very, very <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing that caught me off guard was like like just the timing of it all. Like I just remember I think I was like it felt so different because you know again normally when finals happen there's like huge celebrations, like they plan all this like like parade and all this kind of stuff. Right. And like there's nothing about that. It was just all right, Lakers won. Mm-hmm. Couple couple articles and that was it. <laughs> I was like uh so it, you know, it, it it just like a victory is a victory, but it, again, it, everything feels weird this year. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, that experience was also kind of weird. Like, oh, I like, I know I want to celebrate, but at the same time, like, wh- how? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How do we celebrate? I don't know. Um, yeah. I didn't even realize there wasn't a parade. No parade. There's yeah. no plans for one. I don't think so. It's oh, just wow. too unsafe. I mean, they the yeah. the night of the the victory like i think la had a lot of non-mask wearing uh like <laughs> riots going on <laughs> basically uh mm-hmm. i don't know like just kind of going a little crazy such an la thing such, such an, an la, LA thing, thing. Yeah. yeah but jesse you were the only one that uh predicted the lakers winning <sighs> so yeah i mean you're you're the resident you know, like nba expert here I- I I I thought it was a stretch when I initially made that prediction and I still, you know, I still wanted like a little bit of that like Lakers Celtics like mm-hmm. you know rivalry to present itself more but you know I'll I'll take that prediction anyways mm-hmm. and I'll still claim it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're actually two Celtic victories short of having a Lakers Celtics finals. Yeah. Dude, during so crazy. during that uh that series we're like oh shoot jesse is like a prophet basically <laughs> like he, he just knows he knows it's close yeah Dude, i felt it in my bones yeah all right so vince i mean you know <laughs> as the warriors fan um this year was definitely a fluke for the warriors with obviously katie went going down but then moving to a different team clay also going down and then steph was out for like a huge chunk of the season mm-hmm. with injury um you guys are getting a second, second right, second draft pick. Yeah, second um, pick. And Steph, Draymond, Clay, and you have Wiggins. You know, love him or not, he's mm-hmm. coming back. 
How do you feel about the Warriors um, this coming year? I'm, I feel really good about them. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to see Steph and Clay and Dre just play again yeah. um, and to see them, you know, competing um, at high levels. You know, it just feels like kind of like balance is restored in the world. Mm. Um, but I think mm. trying to be realistic here, I don't, I don't think they'll be like, I think they'll be championship contenders. They'll definitely mm-hmm. be in the playoff mix, I think, mm-hmm. in the West. But like, by no means will they be runaway favorites as they were, you know, uh, during their mm. dynasty run. I think right. the core is getting a little older. Um, yeah. But mm. yeah, no, I'm genuinely excited just to see where they get. Um, I mean, like Jerome, you talked about Wiggins a little bit, and I, I, I really want to see how he fits with the team. Right. Um, and mm. as to like what they do with the second round pick. Um, We'll see. I have my preferences, mm-hmm. but um, I'm not going to talk about that here in case it, <laughs> I look really bad later <laughs> down the road. But it, it's pretty crazy. It's like the first time in recent memory where both Lakers and Warriors are like championship contenders, right? Like mm. neck and neck. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because so, historically it's generally just been one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mostly so Lakers. There will be a lot of... Uh, Trash talking, I'm sure, next year. Um, healthy <laughs> trash talking. Um, Looking so, forward yeah. to it. It'll be really fun. Yeah, I mean, because that core, that core lineup is still like, I mean, they're they're pretty beast. They're good. You know, like they're good. Uh, like it's just making me realize, like, because I think when we had talked about it, I want to say a, a little over a year ago, before this last season started, mm-hmm. um, that there were all these teams were like essentially building like super teams, right? Like mm-hmm. they were they were. The, the model has or changed recently to like you know to build like just these superstar teams that you normally would only dream of or imagine in like mm-hmm. um like you know an all-star setting but it's like no they're they're just creating a lot of, like all-star teams across like the the conference you know mm-hmm. so i think that i'm curious if that same principle will still apply for the next season and also the future seasons mm-hmm. um and or maybe if there's going to be some like, you know, new talent that will be developed that will kind of blow people's minds, you know, or like mm-hmm. kind of like come out unexpected and um, just because they haven't built up a name. I think that those are going to be some interesting storylines to follow for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So, what is it? It's it's uh, it's going to be December twenty second actually that they're planning on restarting the season. So. That's in like two months. Okay. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Insane, insane. Seventy-two games. Yeah. They're saying no bubble. So. Oh my gosh! Uh, wow. GG. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> see. we'll see. I wonder if there's gonna be a Christmas game. Oh, there oh, yeah. definitely will be a yeah. Christmas game. I think. Christmas is NBA day now. Yeah. Dude, that- <laughs> you wake up, you open presents, and you watch NBA for like ten hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I guess kind of a random fun question, like now that we've seen how the bubble life was with uh, at first really terrible food and then they brought in like better chefs and then kind of the amenities along the way, like just given the circumstances, how do you feel like you would have survived the bubble? Like would you have gone crazy like uh, Paul George or would you have thrived (laughs) like a Jimmy Butler? Mm. I personally feel like I would have loved it. Ah, okay. Um... Mm. I think someone mentioned earlier, it's really like, it's like summer camp and Mm, like, you're just around your friends all the time. And, um, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, like, as someone who, if I were fortunate enough to play in the NBA, like, to be able to live and breathe basketball for 24-7 while being around your mm-hmm. teammates and friends and, uh, I mean, eventually their families got mm-hmm. to come, too. Um, and I, I think I just like the idea of, like, waking up and, like, you know, going and playing some golf or yeah, doing yeah. some bowling and, you know, walking down and uh, getting some, you know, stretching in or, like, um, all their trainers were around. Um, right. and they can go whenever, and I don't know. It just seemed very awesome to have this like bubble. It really was, you know, just a bubble. Right. Um, yeah. And to not have to worry about other things in like life, I thought I would really look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I would have enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because like if you think about like esports this is their setting you know they actually have that setting where they have gamer houses you know where interesting like teams have their players in a house and they that's what they do this Mm. is like the bubble is actually what they do um so it's kind of cool that um that like i guess physical sports have kind of taken to that too or that or at least obviously because of covid taken to that same idea but yeah i mean yeah just if you know, for someone who is passionate about basketball, like if if I were like that passionate, it, you know, that good to be offered that opportunity, like mm-hmm. to like Vince said, like live and breathe basketball um, amongst other people who think and um, and want the same. Like I can't imagine anything better. You know, mm-hmm. um, that that seems like like the dream for like that career. You know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. What what one more can we ask for? Like no distractions. We're here to play the game, and we're here to hang out. And in the meantime, right? Yeah. And not to mention, it was at Disney World, so there's like <laughs> Disney vibes all mm, around. Yeah. It's like a perpetual vacation. So yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I think I would feel similarly. I don't know, because the whole thing ended up being what like it start. When did it start again? Like July, June, June. I think something like something. that. Yeah. And then finished. I think up. it was. June, July. It- yeah, I I think man, m- making it all the way deep into the playoffs, that that's a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I know they kind of moved hotels like once teams got like eliminated and stuff, but I think I I have a feeling I would have lost the novelty of it really quickly, and mm. kind of yeah, just gone a little crazy. <laughs> You know, that's true. Like cabin fever. Um, mm. Not that we're completely inside and you can be around people, but it's uh, that same scenery every day. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like uh, what is it? Jack Nicholson shining vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but you know what? Like if I think it's true. You know, if I had a team and friends there, like the Heat or the Lakers, like. Where everybody was really close and um, had a good time together, I would have been awesome. Had the support, mm-hmm. but if it was a team like you know maybe the the, the Clippers or um, I'm sure there's some other teams that are like that where there wasn't that same chemistry and honestly nobody really liked each other. Like I can see that being pretty miserable. That's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The team and your like the people you're like with that that does make a big difference right. in factor. Um, so that that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, man, the the fact that it's gonna start again in two months um, with really who knows what. Um, 
I'm pretty sure there's not going to be any fans still. Um, and I don't know how travel is going to work and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I even heard that, like, the Raptors might play in, like, Louisville or something. Like, Oh, I did hear that, about that, like, yeah. Dude, they're, they're from Toronto? Like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. That's, like, the opposite <laughs> like, of Louisville, I feel like. Um, It'd be but, cool if they had Louisville Raptors jerseys just for the season. That would be interesting. Um, but... I guess I don't know. Like, are there any any things you're looking forward to for the next season? Any, maybe even like, what are some full season uh, predictions of uh, how things will pan out? Um, I mean, I, I already talked about this, but personally, for me, I think it's just you know being able to see the Warriors play again. Yeah. Um, I think that that in itself will be very exciting. Um, but. I mean, nothing too special. I just mm-hmm. want the NBA back. Um, yeah. I mean, the Lakers just won, but I already miss basketball. So yeah, uh, I can't wait for mm. it to come back. And um, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, this year was kind of crazy. Like, we were missing so many All-Stars. You know, KD, Kyrie, um, mm. Steph, Clay, you know, Draymond, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. Um, <laughs> but... It, it was just interesting. Like we're missing some of the people who we've seen in the playoffs for the past like five years. Yeah, who just aren't there. Yeah, um, it'll be good to, like you said, like restoring the order of of the balance, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing the the league back to <laughs> mm-hmm. equilibrium, mm-hmm. which will be uh, pretty cool. And, yeah. Um, Bold prediction. This is the, this year was the beginning of Lakers' next three peat. Ooh, Ooh, Jesse, dude. <laughs> I guess I gotta buy three hats then. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta save this sound bite. Dude, the prophet has spoken. And, <laughs> and then like we'll we'll check it out again and you know, next finals and then the finals after that to yeah. see if it's true. <laughs> Man. I think it'll be good though. I think I think next season will be good. Um I do you know, I do hope it's still safe. Um mm-hmm. And conducted well, but I mean, I think they have, like you know, like we talked about, I think they have a good model to, to at least like st- stick with and fall back to if, if needed. Um, but I think this, I think it's good to have sports back in order, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, in a lot of ways, they set an example for themselves. So mm-hmm. um, awesome, man, Vincent! Thanks again for uh, coming on. Just our resident Zach Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, so, fun wreck of the week. Definitely really related. Um, sports movie. Um, mm. Just, you know, something that I think is still pre- pretty prevalent today um, with a lot of, uh, I think, Space Jam 2 is coming out mm. sooner or later mm. with LeBron. But um, mm-hmm. I guess, Jesse, do you have a sports movie to wreck? I'm going to go with a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to recommend Cool Runnings. <laughs> Oh. Um, uh-huh. Um, not the traditional sports like move that you would consider a sports right. movie, I guess, but um I think I think that story and the way they tell it and like it's obviously like super funny too. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that's that tale of the underdog is really captured well mm-hmm. um in that in that movie. Um and obviously like there's probably like some of that social justice aspect to in that movie too but I think um I think especially just like following the underdog team and in their journey of trying to make it work um especially in 
in the context that they were trying to make it work mm-hmm. um, is honestly just inspiring. Um, so I think Cool Runnings is definitely a classic, um, and it's just a fun one. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's that's my recommendation mm. for sure. How about you, Vince? Um, I mean, you stole my th- a little bit of my thunder when you mentioned it earlier. Oh but, no, <laughs> uh, Space Jam. I think yes. while we're on the topic of basketball. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. It's probably not like the best or most inspiring sports movie ever, right, right. Um, but you know, as someone who grew up uh, kind of liking a lot of basketball, I mean, seeing Michael Jordan on the big screen was mm. with Bugs Bunny, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, I think that was just a lot of fun. And recently, I think it was on mm-hmm. Netflix or something, and I remember watching it again early in the year for the first time in a long time, and it's just a wacky movie um and it's just so yeah. weird and i mean it, it came out in 96 so i'm very curious um how you know the next one's gonna be with yeah. uh lebron right. i believe that comes out next year so yeah. uh looking forward to that yeah especially with modern day cgi yeah right, right? yeah uh i'm gonna recommend uh, the longest yard um the, the newer okay. one the adam sandler one um oh okay yeah i mean i i'm I know Adam Sandler's kind of polarizing. Like, you know, he, he definitely has his duds, but also a lot of really mm-hmm. good movies as well. But this is, like, one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies just because, like, there's the, the humor is very, like, um, like chill humor. I don't mm. know how the... It's not, like, laugh out loud, but it's just... You're just hanging with the boys, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it's a football movie and set in prison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and kind of... Uh, a lot of funny actors in it and just um i think what like, chris rock and uh is one of the characters so i think it's just it's a good fun movie and definitely uh, i don't know if inspiring is the right word but at least uh it's you know i think it, ha- it hits all the fun notes of a you know fun sports movie so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'll go with uh, longest yard yeah. nice man that's awesome that was a really fun i mean movie. these are these are all just yeah. good movies to to watch too yeah, seriously. Well, yeah, uh, Vince, thanks again for joining us. I'm glad you, um, you know, were able to, like, have a lot of, like, fun, like, watching and talking about the bubble beforehand, but also just enjoying the sport. Um, and also just sharing sharing that with us and talking about these fun storylines with us and our listeners. So it's, it's good to have you on. Um, obviously, like, you know, I think we're setting a trend here for a future future basketball episodes um, so yes uh, i guess it won't be the last time for sure yes yeah no it's so much fun appreciate it guys yeah um to our listeners thank you guys again for joining us we hope you guys enjoyed the season and um honestly the next season is right around the corner yeah. so we hope you guys prepare for that um quite quickly uh, maybe even um, start thinking about your fantasy picks now you know mm. um I, mm. I think next next season will be quite wild um just based on how this last season was um and again, if you guys are tuning in with us, um, thank you for joining us. And if you guys haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. Um, it gives us an idea of um, how many people are really, um, you know, jiving with us and and hanging out with us week to week. Um, and yeah, if you want to follow us on our social media, um, we use our Instagram. Um, that's pretty much the only social media we use right now. It's at Just Drive Pod. Again, it's at Just Drive Pod. All right, listeners, thanks again for tuning in. Stay safe. And stay, I guess, warm now. It changed so quickly. Um, But, yeah. Hope you guys are enjoying uh, your time. And, uh, as always, we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. See ya.